Hi, this is Cheetah Mac, and you are listening to the fabulous Gruesome Herzog. Nobody better. This is Steve Warren. I played Ivan in Scarce. You dumbasses better be listening to Gruesome Herzog so you'll know what you're up against. Hello, hello. This is Professor Hunter from Pan Man. I am delighted to recommend Gruesome Herzog's podcast to the outside world. His infamous interviews are some of the best in the business. He's deliciously diabolical. <laughs> hey, this is Sean Kane, director of Silent Night Zombie Night, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hello, this is Natalie Sheets. I play Jenna in the film Madison County, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hey, horror fans, this is Ace Marrero, and you are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Dig it! I'm Jessica Funneborn, and I'm listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Yvette Corbea, and most of you know me as Marla from Run, Bitch, Run. She's a really evil, crazy bitch. And you guys are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hi, this is David Z. Stamp, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzogs. Hey, this is Bill Oberst, Jr. I play Dale in the film Dismal, and as Dale would say, let me tell you something. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. You got Dale's word on that. Hey, this is James Cotton. I'm a director, writer, producer. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator of all three stunt teams. I played the character Idiot in the movie Dismal, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. I just hate pussy-ass ink, that's all. What the hell are you doing here? Thought I'd come by for a visit. Yeah, they let your stupid ass out? Something like that. And you smell like you've been in there for a while. You smell the same as always, Daddy. Feels like I landed on somebody's fucking knee back there. I think I might have broken my ass. Hey. 
Want to go back to the shop? I'll do you a decent one on the house. Or I can, you know, add in a little color. Give these some energy. Make these suckers come alive, man. Get you snug as a bug in a rug. You okay? Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go ahead and sleep with you tonight, okay? I'd feel a little bit safer at that. All right? Thank God. Maybe we can use their phone. <laughs> Maybe Paris Hilton is camera shy. You're right. It does look pretty deserted. What about that dirt road we just crossed? What about it? Well, maybe we should just go back. It'll be dark in a half hour. Does that road have a roof? Well, no, but... Then welcome to Camp Claudia. It's not gonna do anything. Strong door. I got an A in shop class. What are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you laughing at? She wasn't kind. She was scared. <laughs> no. She loved me. <laughs> Shut up! Nobody likes you. She didn't like you. I'm not talking to you anymore. She was never your friend, you dumb fuck. Went in. All right, we'll do this. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Gruesome Herzog, my very special guest tonight. It's actress, producer, and a lovely... Michelle Thomason. Hey, Michelle. I am fantastic. How are you? Great. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, we've been having some phone conversations in the past couple of weeks, and we finally got this baby put together. And uh, I must say one thing. I'm going to bring it up then. It's the second film I want to talk to you about. But The Cellar Door, I was very impressed, which I'll get in, in discussion with that. But the first one... Um, it's a drama, but I like the title, and it, I mean, it ha I'm sure it has something to do with some kind of uh, blood or whatever. Maybe not. Could be wrong. But it's called uh, Uncloseted Skeletons in 2006. Yes. Yeah, that was. It was a really interesting short film, actually, that I did, and my character was this bitter, pissed off alcoholic who had a little little girl and was just. She couldn't stand her daughter. She couldn't stand anything. And her little girl was trying to come, come to her and telling her that she was being sexually molested by my character's boyfriend. Oh. And my character would just have nothing to do with it. It was, it was, it was part of the part of the story where she's my character fit in was this girl, my daughter, was like grown up and recounting back when she was a little kid and, and describing some of the horrors that she went through. And I was part of the horror that she went through by being a, a completely alcoholic, abusive, neglectful parent to her. Wow. You know, I, now, is that available to be seen anywhere or no? I have no idea. It's like nobody's ever asked me about this film in my, in, in ever. So I was like, oh, my God, I have no clue. So I, I don't know. I haven't even spoken to the director since we shot it, basically. I think I think she's still in the industry. I, I don't know. Right. I hope she is. Well, really nice. I might do a search, because you know, you'd be surprised what short films you can still find on Vimeo or whatever. Right, right, yeah, it could have been posted somewhere. Well, the next one, um, I actually, I think I've seen this, I mean, the title, but I never had a chance to to watch it, and then when you when we talked a couple of days ago, scheduling this, I mentioned another movie close to the same title, and you said no, this, no, oh, you mean The Cellar Door, I said, oh, wait a minute, 
So I went and looked, and I didn't have it. So I went and went and and, and went to Amazon or however I, you know. But <laughs> the cellar door. Now, I was, I did a review as you know, and mm-hmm. I was, I'm still intrigued by this movie, and I don't know if, if I'm some weirdo or what. But I've watched a lot of horror movies in my time, and I've seen a lot of these captive movies where they get kidnapped and put in a basement. But this movie had a whole different storyline, and I was so, you know, I thought, okay, it's one of these, you know, some lunatic guy stalking women, put them right. down in a basement, kill them, and then go get more. But this, right, and this was a whole different story, and I loved it. Yeah. And a part that I loved the most, as I said in the review, is the chemistry that you and James, well, actually, Rudy and Herman had through the whole movie. It was yeah. just, you know, I mean, he's saving weird stuff, you know, urine samples, and I, I don't want to give too much away because I don't, I don't want to ruin a movie in case people didn't see it. But you got to explain, I need to know this, um, I'm, I want the listeners to know also, is how was that experience with you? I, now, is that one of your first movies that you actually had one that was basically one-on-one through almost the whole movie? For a feature film, yes. I mean, for a stage, I actually did do Frankie and Johnny. Okay. And so that was, I believe it's 63 pages of two people dialogue, you know, Frankie and Johnny the play. Yeah. So as far as just dialogue in general, no, but as far as on film, yes, absolutely it was. And it was the hardest thing uh, on on so many levels just trying to find my light <laughs> while being in this in this little cage right. was difficult let alone you know the rest of the character work itself she was so difficult it was it was so difficult because there were a lot of flavors that as as a human i i see stay very shielded from and protect myself from showing things you know like vulnerability and and all that whole thing right and she was she was a captive, so there was a lot of very vulnerable moments, a lot of freaked out, scared, oh my god, <gasps> moments, is he coming, is he coming, type of stuff, That and it was really hard, and that is what I loved so much about that character. I hold that character so, so dear to my heart um, on so many levels, because she was just so damn hard, and it was it was cool working with James, he was a fantastic co-star, he was just absolutely lovely. It was very strange because uh, one of the days we were shooting, I think we were maybe four or five days or something into me being locked in this box and getting tormented by Herman. Right. I woke up at 7 o'clock in the morning the next day through a clock alarm. Turns out James Dumont had booked a Home Depot voiceover for the radio commercial. (laughs) Uh, This is a true story. I woke up at 7 a.m., hearing his voice. Oh, my God. But I was in my bed. <laughs> I woke up going, oh, my God. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Oh, man. It scared the hell out of me. So I was like, oh, okay, it's just a stupid radio. And I got on set that day. I was like, you're killing me, dude. You're waking me up at 7 o'clock in the morning with your voice. It was it was just like that. The, the whole entire shoot was filled with stuff like that. And, you know, between Christopher Nelson's writing, which is yep. so superb, it is so superb, and Matt Zettel's direction, and Hillary Six is an incredible producer. She is a super passionate, knowledgeable, great, great girl, and Sky Borgman cinematography was just this, it was just amazing. Right. It was an amazing, intimate shoot where I did feel safe 
to be freaked out and scared and vulnerable, and we actually have a sequel in the works right now. Chris wrote an amazing sequel to The Cellar Door. It is so badass. Um, The way things are are woven together and new elements are introduced and there's new characters introduced, because obviously it's not going to be Rudy and Herman in a box part two. Right, right. You know, so how do you how do you expand from the original and make the, the sequel just as captivating? And I, I probably shouldn't say much on the story aspects of it. Right, right. But it is so rocking. It's very, very good. And we're now getting traction with that and the powers that be that are producing it are, are putting it together and getting packaging going on and getting things rolling with funding. So hopefully before too long, we're on set shooting the sequel and having an, an, another just truly amazing time. Well, I can tell you one thing. One thing that I really enjoy, that I, of course, I like watching horror movies and some, you know thriller movies, but I really like, what I like the most is when I review them. I like to watch them, uh, watch my reviews. I mean, I'm not, I'm not cynical or self-centered or stupid, but I like to watch the people's interest. You know, like certain reviews, yeah. uh, certain reviews I do, it takes a little while for people to listen to it, but the cellar door, I mean, it blew to the to the top three in a matter of five to six hours, so if people are listening to this interview, I would recommend this movie to everybody to watch, I mean, thank you so much, no problem, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it because you're on air, I'm, I mean, I said it in my <laughs> review as well, but what I mean is, people have to see, uh, I guess you can call it somewhat of a horror. Could be. It was more like a, I forget what I called it, a drama thriller. Like and, a psychological thriller. Yes, and part that amazes me is, like I said before, is when I watch a horror film, I don't just watch it for the gore. I watch it for like the the acting style, the chemistry, and yeah. how that was written with, with used to. Herman freaked me out. By some of the questions that he would ask you, or yeah. you know, what I mean, and oh, I need to wash your clothes. You know, it just he's yes. Just, what was so gross about him is that he was kept so human. Mm-hmm. The That's, villain wasn't a monster. You right. know, well, you know, a monster with like scales or whatever. He was a monster in his own right, but a human monster. Right. And, and that's the scarier stuff in life. Right. And the monster that he was is if you called him a dumbass, then he then he was a monster. I mean, oh, yeah. that girl at, at, at that grocery store, which there's something yeah. about that. There's something about that. I mean, she's only been in like maybe two she's movies. Fantastic, yeah. But she, she is straight boom. Exactly, <laughs> she fascinated me when I saw her. I mean, you know, certain actresses that when you look at them, you can see they have a talent, and it's like booming to get out. And she yeah. played that part phenomenal. But then, of course, she called him a dumbass, and I'm not going to say what happened. But you know. Like I said before, but I don't want to waste too much time on this one. We, we got a bunch to talk about. Not waste time, but you know what I mean. But I, am. I recommend this for everybody who's listening to this interview to check this movie out because it's well worth it. If you like, if you like Lifetime movies, to me this movie started out with, as a Lifetime movie, and then it <laughs> and then it creeped into uh, a fear net, or you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. And exactly. That's not a slam either, because you know that's a damn good movie. Now, the next one, which I haven't had a chance to watch, I've been busy dealing with Facebook bullcrap, but Brain Dead in 2007. Now, I, I'm going to watch this very soon, but do you want to give the listeners an idea what this, what this one's about? Oh, it's a family film, really. <laughs> 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 no, it's it's a lot of fun. It's actually just got nominated for Best DVD Release, so we'll wow. see what happens. Um, knock on wood. 
That movie was a blast. Um, there were a couple of challenges. First of all, I'll tell you what's about in a sec, but the, you'll be amazed to know when you're watching it that it was shot during the record hottest time of the year of, like, record highs of, I don't know, like 25 years or something like that. It was shot up in the Angeles Forest. Ooh. And uh, it was brutally hot outside, just on, on average, but then we shot in a tented cabin. So we could shoot day for night, night for day, all that hoo-ha, and that tented cabin reached about 130 degrees. Wow. So it was absolutely insane. So, you know, when you, when you, it's so funny because when you look back and you watch the film, you're going, I can't believe how fucking hot it was. <laughs> it was so hot. And, and it doesn't look like that, so thank God, you know. Yeah. And also a huge kudos to Kevin Tenney because I've said it a million times and I'll say it again, the director tends to be the person who sets the tone on a set. And if the director is crabby and screaming at people and acting like a complete ass, it's a very unfortunate time to be shooting a film. Okay. Kevin, however, was amazing because even though it was 9,000 degrees outside, <laughs> we were all still laughing. Good. Because he kept, he kept his cool, you know, so to speak, pardon the pun. Uh, he kept his cool the whole time and kept his sense of humor the whole time and turned what could have turned into a really, ugh, shoot. Right. Kept it really amazing. Um, he's such a great captain of a ship, and, and with his skills and talent and ideas and the way he works, um, I think that most people should start really looking at him as, as an example of how to, how to run a set. Right. And on the positive side of things, how to be cool while you're on a set. Um, the film itself is, is a fun ensemble piece where you have several people get... They, we all end up in a cabin somehow. There's just everybody has their path of landing at this one cabin, and come to find out, there are brain-eating zombies out to get everybody. And so it's kind of a survival of the fittest between it. all of us and the zombies. It is so much fun. It's a very much a horomedy, which is what I call a horror comedy. Um, it's a horomedy to the very end. The best one-liners that Dale wrote, Josh Benton, who plays Clarence, delivered the funniest one-liners just brilliantly. Yep. So there's a lot of comedy, there's a lot of blood, there's a lot of gore, there's zombies, there's nudity, there's everything that uh, that a horror film needs to have. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I am definitely going to watch this, but, uh, you know, it's also can be known as a zombie as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love Zomedy. Ooh, I might coin that one. Steal Uh-oh. it from you right now. Damn it. Damn it, <laughs> oh, Michelle. Oh, we're going to be on the air. Shit. <laughs> I guess uh, I can't really steal it if I just said it out loud, right? Uh, huh. Interesting. <laughs> no, I love that. Zomedy, that's perfect. It's yep. exactly what it was. It, it's an awesome movie. It's, it's won a bazillion awards all over the world for all kinds of different festivals and everything. It's, it's really kind of badass. It's fun. Well, keep your, keep your eyes peeled because I'm going to be reviewing it in the next couple of days. So I'm sure awesome. You, I'm sure you'll hear my opinion. But, okay, uh, I look forward to it. Thank you. The next one, um, we talked briefly about it on the phone, but um, George's Intervention yes. in 2009. Now, I would love to know, you know, the listeners can get an idea of what this one's about as well. It's a zombie. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's actually true. Uh, George's Intervention is a very tongue-in-cheek film about George, 
who is my character's ex-boyfriend, but he's a zombie, which is it's not uh, it's not weird to be a zombie in this movie. Okay. Uh, you know, it's fairly commonplace. He just happens to be a zombie, but the thing that he's got a problem with is he's addicted to eating flesh. Mm. Puts a cramp on a lot of his relationships right. and friendships and all that stuff. So um, some of us get together to have an intervention, you know, have an intervention for him and and try to talk him out of, you know, being addicted to flesh. Right. And such serious comedy ensues. It's absolutely silly. It's kind of like Shaun of the Dead meets intervention. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely silly, but it's great. It's really it's really well done. It's very fun and it's it's just got little crooks of humor in it and Carlos, the main character, it's he does a fantastic job of walking the line of broad comedy right. and keeping it real and grounded all at the same time. Okay. He's a really great physical comedian. Well, Two of my favorite veteran actor, actors are in this movie. I love Lynn Lowry. Lynn Lowry. And yeah. I, Lloyd Kaufman is the shit. I didn't get to meet him. No. No. He, they, they shot a scene with him uh, that was very separate from a lot of other things we shot, so I didn't get to meet him. Lynn Lowry, though, is badass. Yep. She is such a sweet, sweet girl. She is fantastic to work with, and... You know, she had a lot of tricky dialogue. Cause there was a, she had a lot of dialogue in certain scenes, and she pulled it off. She pulled it off great. She was she was just fantastic, professional to the T, at the same time as being a really nice girl. Well, I love watching her in, cr- in the crazies, <laughs> the bicycle <Yeah>. girl. <laughs> I love her to death. I mean, she is such a talent. Yeah. yeah. Well, the next one, um, it's a short film, but it has a catchy title. Itch in 2010. Itch. You got the oh, itch. God. I'm so. Do I ever? <laughs> <laughs> this film is. Um, we shot this as a short film. We had a lot of obstacles with that, and that's okay. So we decided to cut it down into a teaser. And what we're doing with that right now is my my New York business partner Kimberly Amato, also known as simply Amato, is is what I call her most of the time is writing the feature-length version script. Wow. And where it is, it's about 97% done and ready to go, and we're looking to shoot in New Mexico hopefully this summer. It is badass. It is. It looks into the world of female serial killers, and the feature-length script goes all the way back to where these two girls started out their friendship as children. Okay. And in, it's not that it chronicles, but it more kind of flashes back All right. to their relationship when they were little kids and where they are right now in, in their adult lives. And there's, it's very much a psychological thriller. There is blood. There is gore. There is the... Um, I'm trying not to get too much... There's, right. There's really interesting relationship elements that happen inside the script. And... It's it's really fantastic. It's tight. It's really, really, really tight. And hopefully, God willing, we'll be shooting that sucker in New Mexico in uh, this this coming summer of 2011 summer, and really just rock it out because it's it's that tight. It's really ready to go. So Excellent. can't wait. Yeah, Ooh, sounds that's interesting. Fantastic. I got the itch. Oh no, that's kids. Yes, Never and mind. we have a website. It's the movie dot com. Okay. 
and it's you know you can see some of the the cast and synopsis and what have you from uh, when we shot the short film with still photos and stuff like that that at least gives you an idea and there's the teaser as well on there that gives you an idea of where we're headed with this excellent I will post that link on the interview. So be oh, right on. Thank you. No problem. The next film is in 2010, and uh, it's Second Class Citizen. It's a drama, but I really love all the characters and the actors in this movie. They are, there's, you know, it has a nice cast. It was a great cast. Um, Leon Moore, who plays, uh, I don't know, because she's called Grandma, I think. Yeah, Grandma. She's awesome. She's such a cool girl. She's a very talented, talented lady and just really gritty. When you speak to her, like, as, as just a person, she very much loves yoga, you know, and she yeah. loves meditation, and she's got all these really tender, sweet qualities about her, and her character in that film <laughs> <laughs> could not have been more the antithesis of who she was, and it was so funny getting to know her a little bit shooting this film because it was like, dude you are such a nice girl and your char- her character is just so gross um, <laughs> so gross and vile <laughs> <laughs> it was just funny, yeah, it was really cool um, my character is a, is a complete racist bitch mm. uh, which was Monica it took a, yeah, it took a minute to wrap my head around Monica, it took a minute to go can I do this? You know, because, I mean, racism is, ugh. Yep. Um, it's so super ugly to me. It, it, humanity doesn't get a lot uglier when it, unless it comes between, like, you know, racism or violence against humans and kids and stuff. Just Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have an easier time twisting my head around being a serial killer than I do being a racist. Right. I don't know why that is. And I think it's, you know, serial killer is maybe not as, popular or well you know more people out there doing it than there are more people racism I, I, I don't know um, I don't know if that just made sense or not but it's for some strange reason it's easier to play something bloody gross and gory than it is to play somebody who hates another race right well basically so that was that was a that was a really interesting experience to step into that skin coat of a character and, and go for that that was weird but basically what you're trying to say is people who are serial killers no one gives a shit about. Now, oh, well, he just kills people. But then when you're, la- when you're labeled a racist, it's more personal. That's it's, basically yeah, what you're trying it's, to say. That's, yeah, that is kind of what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, when you, you you hear serial killer and you think of Dahmer or Gacy or, you know, stuff like that. And right. You don't think of an entire population. You th- I think of racism and I think KKK. Right. Which is a gigantic you know, bigger than most people think, population of, of people. Right. Serial killers are such a small, minute part of the population. So, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just more commonplace. What, either way, it ekes me out big time. Well, there's, um, a, there's a rapist in this movie, too. Yeah. A phenomenal, yeah. a phenomenal actor, a good friend of mine. I never met him, but we talked quite often. Mr. Bill Oberst, Jr. Now, how I came across you is due... To, I interviewed him and we talked about Second Class Citizen so I did some research on Michelle Tomlinson and of course I got some movies as we talked about earlier and right. uh, you know like, like I said you know it's just I can't get over the <laughs> cellar door but or past <laughs> that now but I, I was just so <laughs> amazed by your acting ability in that movie I mean that had to be uh, one of the hardest things to do to be in a box like that yeah. and 
I mean, the dialogue. People are gonna get tired of me talking about it, but I can't help it. But the dialogue. I mean, they have to see that movie just to see the the stuff that he would say. I mean, he said it in the it's straight brilliantly face. written. It's a brilliantly well real, yeah. well written film. <laughs> can't yeah. get over it. But <laughs> sorry about that. I, I, I relapsed. We, we like to call that one a family film too, just so you know, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, the next film is a fa- family film, right? Manson Rising? No, just joking. Oh, another fine family <laughs> film. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm a weirdo. When it comes to, like, Jeffrey Dahmer and John Wayne Gacy, I mean, I'm not really into Charlie Manson too much because, you know, I don't... I guess because in the 60s, and he really wasn't a serial killer. He was more like a leader of a bunch of uh, drug addict gypsies, I guess. I mean... But stuff that I mean, when you watch a story about Dahmer, I mean, you get to learn, you know, his life and how it became the way he was and stuff like that there. Mm-hmm. But Manson Rising, it's 2011. Um, do you want to give the listeners an idea exactly what this is about? Manson Rising, well, there's, there's a few different versions of the script, so I'm not exactly sure okay. where it is. But it is, uh, the, late, the last version I read, it's a biopic of Manson um, that that sketches out the earlier part of his years, his youth and everything. And I never knew, honestly, that much about Manson until I started reading these. And his upbringing was ungood. Yep. it's, It's almost, I mean, I had sympathy for... Again, another human monster, basically. Yep. Um, I had a lot of sympathy for his childhood. Now, past childhood, we have choices. And we, you know, we have choices to make as far as how we're going to live the rest of our life. And he obviously chose unwisely. Um, but I had a lot of sympathy for his childhood. It was, it was horrible. Um, between how he was treated at school, between his mom was just a complete mess. And he grew up just not ever really having to be too accountable for what he did. He was in and out of jail all the time, but it didn't faze him. Right. It, it's, I don't know if this would be a proper thing to say, but it feels like he's the kind of guy you could drive a metal stake through his wrist and he'd probably smile. That's about right. And that's what kind of like, whoa, you know, and so it chronicles his whole entire life up through the murders and uh, I played Patricia Krenwinkel who largely participated in the murders and stabbing and killing and uh, it's a horror film <laughs> just a different kind of, of horror film right. um, and there are a zillion people attached to this project so far uh, I know Tara Cardinal is attached to it I just talked to her at Bleed Fest a couple weeks ago and great girl yeah, she's a sweetheart. She's a sweetheart. So I'm looking forward to working with her. And there's just a ton of people have already have already been attached to it. So I'm hoping that's another film, you know, that hopefully gets funding in the near future. So I'd love to be on set shooting that. Uh, it's a really great, great script. Andrew Jones put together a fantastic project, and I'd like to see it come to fruition. But it is really a biopic. Yeah. Ironically enough, the cast members in this movie, a lot of them I either interviewed or talked to them on the phone, the process of interviewing, and one of them I met. I met David Hess at a horror convention up in Gettysburg, but Devani Penn, Tiffany oh, Sheppis, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned Tara, uh, 
Tara Cardinal, you know, right. Sean yeah. C. Phillips. You know, it's just a a nice cast, and I think it's going to be interesting to see. Of course, I'll keep my eye open because I'm a big, uh, you know, uh, bi- biography, crime drama, you know, real life stuff. It's I find very interesting to me. Oh, uh, absolutely. You know. Well, real life is is wacky. Yeah. You, know. <laughs> you can't get much stranger. It's, it's that whole thing of the cycle of art imitating life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Real life throws some weird shit out there sometimes. Yep. And, you know, I, I, I come to find, I've noticed lately, that any movies that movies that I really like the most are the ones that I watch that can actually happen. If that sounds weird to you. Yes. No, that I totally agree. Like, you know, I watched Wrong Turn back in 2003, you know, and I love that movie. I mean, I don't love what what it was about, but right. you know I mean, it creeped me out because this can actually happen. And movies that, you know, like, you know, like Hostel, yeah, the cellar door that can easily happen. Cellar door, well, yeah, probably did happen for all we know. You know, absolutely. But, you know, I just stuff like that there intrigues me. Now, when movies go way out of way, you know, way out of focus, of course, it, it, it's Hollywood. It's it's movie making. I understand that. But anyways, now do you got anything else planning? Uh, anything else going on uh, other than what we talked about? I also have um, my LA business partner Brad Hodson, who was actually one of the co-writers and co-producers of George's Intervention. He and I are building quite an interesting project together that is beyond under wraps, but it is awesome. It's creating a lore, like a mythical lore that does not exist anywhere yet. And it's being set up as a trilogy. I just got the script yesterday morning, mid-morning, midday, something like that. Just got the script yesterday, uh, that, uh, the first draft. So I'm putting that together as well because, you know, starting to produce certain things, um, being very, very picky as far as what I'm going to take on to actually try to produce. Right. Because when you're producing something, it requires so much of your focus, energy, Time, everything else, and I have a pretty hectic schedule just being alive, right. <laughs> let alone, you know, adding producing to it for anything. Yep. And it's what it's called right now, the working title is called Neverborn, and it really is, is a film that has a, it has almost a, a religious undercurrent to it, but it's not a f- religious film or a preachy film, but there's just this little skinny line of religious undertones mixed with horror and blood mixed with mythical beings mixed with humanity it's the the nine page treatment is badass I I can't wait to get into the script and uh, get going with that and that's probably going to take a minute to get going because there's a lot involved with it but it's really fantastic world that we're building and attacking at it attacking it at the Multimedia level, right. where you know once we once we get funding and get things rolling with it, there is going to be a film. There's going to be a web series. There's going to be comic books. There's going to be action figures. There's going to be all these different elements to this world that can a stand alone, or b when you fold them all together, they will meld together seamlessly. Right. Interesting. So it's yeah, it's we're approaching this completely different than uh, normal human beings should ever approach a film. It's it's ambitious as hell. Excellent. And I'm, I'm super excited about it. So between this itch, the sequel to The Cellar Door, 
Manson Rising. I'm also attached to a film called Axe to Grind that's in its uh, development stages right now. That's another really fantastic horror film. I heard about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff that's going on. It's just a matter of what's going to happen first. Okay. No, yeah, not a change of subject, but we back on the Manson topic. There's a movie called, came out maybe last year or so. I think it's called something about Manson. You know what? I apologize, but I couldn't get past ten minutes of it. I had to turn it off. You couldn't I, get past what? Ten minutes of it. I couldn't take it. Oh, that's horrible. I mean, well, when I say that, I don't. I mean, if it's about Manson, let's get to it. Let's not go through his, you know, his. I don't know. I'm 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 weird when it comes to biographies. It has to be to the point, not this make it all about sex, sex, sex all the time. I just you know, I just don't well, get it. Well yeah. That. There's so much more that. to everything than just sex. Right. <laughs> I mean I'm I'm not no you know, I'm a married man and all, but I don't wanna you know, I mean that I'm too damn old for that shit. <laughs> I'm not a teenager anymore, but <laughs> Oh God! I better cut that out. They're, they're well, it's, it's sexifying Manson. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I mean. And then they, they, he did have threesomes and group sex and all that stuff, which is all great and fine. But yeah. that's not all there was. Right. What I find so interesting about Manson Rising is that it de- it delves into his psychology. Right. That's it. Delves of... into you can start to see that the pattern, the the train that left the station when he was a child, that led to his insanity. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of what, I, what like. I find interesting. That's what that, I that, find interesting. You know, yeah. I I love backwoods horror movies. I love zombie movies. I'm not too big on vampires and stuff. Much Thank for you a very great, much. great time, truly. I really appreciate you. I'm hoping that it was enjoyable. So I will it let was. you know. No, I really was. It was. It was great, actually. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. No. No more tricks. I'm going to give you. Exactly what you want. <laughs> All I'm saying, Ann, is I've seen better income out of the slammer. Fuck you. Ooh, don't waste your whole vocabulary on me there, Einstein. Got a fucking problem? I don't know. Maybe you've got a problem, but I don't got a problem. I just hate pussy ass ink, that's all. Here. What the hell are you doing here? Thought I'd come by for a visit. Yeah, they let your stupid ass out? Something like that. Or you smell like you've been in there for a while. You smell the same as always, Daddy. Feels like I landed on somebody's fucking knee back there. I think I might have broken my ass. Hey, wanna go back to the shop? I'll do you a decent one on the house. Or I can, you know. Add in a little color. Give these some energy. Make these suckers come alive, man. Get you snug as a bug in a rug. You okay? Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go ahead and sleep with you tonight, okay? I'd feel a little bit safer at that. Alright? Thank God. Maybe we can use their phone. <laughs> Maybe Paris Hilton is camera shy. You're right. It does look pretty deserted. What about that dirt road we just crossed? What about it? Well, maybe we should just go back. It'll be dark in a half hour. Does that road have a roof? Well, no, but... Then welcome to Camp Claudia. (laughs) 
not gonna do anything. Strong door. I got an A in shop class. What are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you laughing at? She wasn't kind, she was scared. <laughs> no. She loved me. <laughs> Shut up! Nobody likes you. She didn't like you. I'm not talking to you anymore. She was never your friend, you dumb fuck. <laughs> Hi everybody! This is Edwin. You guys like radio? Uh, I do. Oh, wait. You guys like podcasts? I do. I like a lot. This is a gruesome heart dog. <laughs> Hi, this is Cheetah Mac, and you are listening to the fabulous gruesome heart dog. Nobody better. This is Steve Warren. I played Ivan in Scarce. You dumbasses better be listening to Gruesome Herzog so you'll know what you're up against. Hello, hello. This is Professor Hunter from Pan Man. I am delighted to recommend Gruesome Herzog's podcast to the outside world. His infamous interviews are some of the best in the business. He's deliciously diabolical. <laughs> hey, this is Sean Kane, director of Silent Night Zombie Night, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hello, this is Natalie Sheets. I play Jenna in the film Madison County, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hey, horror fans, this is Ace Marrero, and you are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Dig it! I'm Jessica Funneborn, and I'm listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Yvette Corvea, and most of you know me as Marla from Run, Bitch, Run. She's a really evil, crazy bitch. And you guys are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hi, this is David Z. Stamp, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzogs. Hey, this is Bill Oberst, Jr. I play Dale in the film Dismal, and as Dale would say, let me tell you something, you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. You got Dale's word on that. Hey, this is James Cotton. I'm a director, writer, producer. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator of all three stunt teams. I played the character Idiot in the movie Dismal, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hey, this is Jason Sudeikis, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. 